I want to begin today with a story, which is one of my favorites. You may have heard it before. If you have, just act like you haven't, okay? It's the story of a little old lady who loved her children, grandchildren, like I love my children, love my grandchildren. But she was getting to the point in her age that she couldn't get out easily anymore. So it was coming Christmas time. And she had always been very generous to her children and grandchildren at Christmas time, bought them gifts. But she decided this year she was just going to give them money. Thought they'd probably like that better. And, and Grandma, guess what? They do like that better anyway. So, but she decided she was going to do it. She did go to the store and buy everybody Christmas cards. And then she sat down and wrote out a sizable check to every child and every grandchild. And she wrote in every card a sweet note like this. Dear child, dear grandchild, I love you. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Hope to see you soon. Signed, Grandma. P.S. Please buy your own present this year. Well, she mails the cards. Christmas comes. Christmas goes. You know what's going to happen, don't you? About January, the end of January, she's cleaning up her little desk and to her horror she finds the checks that she meant to put inside each card you can go ahead and laugh some of you not far from doing that right now so every child every grandchild got a card from grandma and it said dear child dear grandchild I love you I hope you have a wonderful Christmas hope to see you soon Sign Grandma, P.S. Buy your own present this year. Oh, I love that story. I love that story because it's got to have happened somewhere. But on a spiritual side, in turning it into a spiritual thought, I'm convinced and convicted that that, in essence, is what we have said to our lost world that is struggling with how to live through COVID, which is struggling, as am I, with how to live through another election cycle. We have said to our world, we love you. We hope you have a great life. Hope to see you soon, but find your own way because we're not going to tell you. Find your own way because we're not going to live the kind of qualitatively different lives that show a world how to find the real and right way. I'm convinced we're like grandma and we've said, buy your own Christmas present. Find your own way. Because we've not lived in front of our world the kind of Holy Spirit changed and Holy Spirit filled lives that we should. I haven't. And it's convicting. But I'm convinced we're just like Grandma. Find your own way. But we haven't shown them the way how they can do it. We haven't shown them the truth of how they can get through this life. If you would take your Bibles and turn to John 15, in a moment we're going to read the latter portion of that great text. It's a powerful one. And it tells us as believers how to live in an alien environment. And before you leave today, I hope you come to the understanding 
that we do live in an alien environment and that we are too comfortable here and shouldn't be. And the Lord gives us great help while we live in this alien environment. So look with me to John 15 beginning with verse 18. We'll go through the end of this chapter and into the first four verses of chapter 16. Just a little extra help to you today. It's free. Uh, but just remember, chapter and verse divisions are not in the original text. Those were put in later by translators. And so I don't always agree that they ended them in the right place. But look with me. John 15, beginning with verse 18. Okay? And there the Bible says, if the world, Jesus says, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you're not of this world, that's a key point. Because you're not of this world, but, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the world I spoke to you, the word I spoke to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours. But they do all these things to you on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. Verse 22. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them, that no one else has done, they would not have sinned. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. And when the counselor comes, isn't that powerful? That's the Holy Spirit of God. When the counselor comes... The one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You will also testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father nor me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. This is a long section, yes. But it has one of two themes in a longer section. One is, of course, the opposition of the world against the church. And the other is the Holy Spirit's help to us through his presence. So... We read this passage and we may be somewhat shocked because we have been studying John 14, 15 and Jesus was talking about love rather often. And here he talks about hate. Now, there are some naive people who find it incredulous that people would hate Jesus and would hate those who follow Jesus. But we know that it's true. In fact, our Lord Jesus had already warned them about that, that persecution would come. Even in his inaugural sermon, which we know as the Sermon on the Mount, did he not say, Blessed are you 
when men shall revile you and persecute you for my name's sake, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He had already warned them. And even in the Gospel of John, he had told them over and over, beginning with the religious establishment, that there would be people who would persecute them. We had seen it over and over throughout our study. It began with resentment, then it moved to hatred, and then it moved to open opposition. So they should not have been surprised. Listen to me. Until the Lord comes, or until we die, we will live in a hostile world. Until Jesus comes, or until we pass on, we will live in an alien environment. Please know that. Please remember that. And Jesus is telling his disciples over and over, I've told you and I've told you. And as us rednecks would say, I done told you. I done told you. So when persecution comes to you, do not say, I can't believe they're treating me this way. Don't act like that because you know you're being treated that way because you don't belong here. You are an outsider. And those things sound harsh and cruel, but it's the truth. We do not belong in this world, and we should not act as if we do belong in this world. Oh, my friends, how can we live through this alien environment? This is what he's telling us. That through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we'll talk about it this morning and next Sunday. Through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we can make it through this alien environment. Well, yes, we're living through COVID-19. Yes, we're living through an election season, which just makes me want to throw up over and over and over and over. How can we live? How can we not only survive, how can we thrive through the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, look with me. The Bible says the Spirit encourages us. The Spirit as the comforter encourages the church. Remember, I've taught you already that the Holy Spirit's name, there are many, but he is called the comforter. And in Greek, remember what I told you, paraclete, P-A-R-A, called alongside of. Parakaleo, called alongside of. Uh, and so we know that through the comforter, the paraclete, one who stands beside us, we can make it. So he begins by telling us, if the world hates you, understand, sorry, hated me. A lot more than it hates you. Remember, I've told you this before, I think. The word world is used in three different ways in the New Testament. There are times it refers to the world, the physical world. And we're told to love the world. And we do love the physical world, the trees and the mountains and the beach. We love that. But sometimes he is referring to people when he says world. That is the way he is using it when he uses John 3.16. For God so loved you, the world. He's talking about people. But sometimes and often, and in this case, he's referring not to the world physically, not to the population of the world, but to the world system, the worldview that is opposed to him. In fact, later, not only in the Johannine Gospel, this one, 
But in one of the Johannine epistles, he will say, love not the world, nor the things of the world. He is talking about the world system of evil that is set apart and juxtapositioned against the way of God. And so that's what he's saying here. Any organization, activity, philosophy, value that sets itself up against God. And so he says, be careful not to love that world. Don't get too comfortable in this world. You really do not belong here. So Jesus pulls no punches. He says it's bad and it's going to get worse. We know that 2,000 years later. It is so true. And he shows us, even in this text, the progress of that increasing persecution. So he begins, first of all, and uses the word hatred there in verse 18 and 19. And then in verse 20, he refers to outright persecution. And then excommunication will come later on. And even death, he refers to that in chapter 16, verse 2. Well, why does the world hate us so much? Why is it even in 2020, you take a stand for the Lord and you will be laughed at, castigated, you will be persecuted, you will be considered odd in the school system, in the government, almost everywhere in 2020, you'll be considered an oddity or worse. And while I've told you before, uh, I believe in my lifetime we will see preachers of the gospel go to jail for certain things. I believe that. And I'm willing to go. Been there before. Be, I don't mind going again. But I'm just teasing about that part, kind of, sort of. But where it's going to hit you in your lifetime is in whether you get, an, uh, you get promoted. Because you're going to face this kind of persecution in this world. As in the workplace, those who are true followers of Christ will be looked down upon and often cast aside. In your neighborhoods, you'll be marked as, you know who those people are. You know who they are. They're the ones who are always talking about Jesus. Stay away from them. They always want to talk to you about Jesus. Why? Why? Why are they this way? Well, he tells us. First of all, he tells us we are identified with Christ. Look at verses 18, 19, and 20. We're identified with Christ. And if with all Christ's greatness and his perfection, he was persecuted, he says, don't you know you're going to be persecuted too? And I think about how far I have been from where the Lord wants me to be. I'm not going to escape persecution, but I'm certainly not greater than the master. And he says that over and over, and particularly in verse 20. He's greater so if all his greatness and perfection, he did not escape persecution, what do you think is going to happen to us? We're certainly going to experience it as well. So we identify with Christ. Well, anything the enemy can do to us has already been done to him. He's with us, however. So why does the world hate us so much? Well, because we're identified with Christ. Second, because we don't belong to the world. Look at verse 19. We have a new spiritual position. He's chosen us out of this world. Yes, we're in the world physically, but as Paul later says, we're not to be in the world in other ways. We should be very, very different. We don't belong to this world. 
It does not mean that we are isolated nor insulated. We are among other people, supposed to be, much contrary to the monastic movements of the Middle Ages where uh, particularly men, sometimes women, thought the only way they could live righteously was just to get away from other people. Well, good luck. I love to read the writings of the Essenes, and some of you think, who are those people? Essenes were a, a ascetic group during Jesus' day. In fact, if you study the Dead Sea Scrolls, you will know that they were written by the Essenes who lived in their uh, separate communities near the Dead Sea. Why do I say all that? Their writings portray that even though they separated themselves from that evil world, they still struggle with the same things that you struggle with every day. Well, we are not isolated from the world, nor are we insulated from its difficulties, but we do not belong so you should tell yourself every morning, I don't belong in this world. Next, the world is spiritually ignorant and blind. Look at verse 21. I mean, it's, it's clear. But they will do all these things on account of my name because they don't know the one who sent me. Now, if you had asked any of the Jewish religious leaders, do you know God? They would have all said, yes, of course we know God. We can quote the Torah to you, chapter and verse. But they knew the scripture, but they did not know the God of the scripture. And I've seen this in many people in a culturally Christian world like we live in in Greenville, South Carolina. Highest church per capita county in the United States of America. Did you hear me? Per capita, highest church county in America. There's not only a Baptist church on every corner. There's three or three other, four other brands on every corner. I mean, they're everywhere. We are in a culturally Christian area. And I know a lot of people who know the Bible but don't know the God of the Bible. You see, the world, we don't belong to it. They're spiritually ignorant, spiritually blind. They would say, of course they know him, but they didn't know him. And then last, the world will not be honest about its own sin. Here Jesus really points out a serious issue. They had no excuse. Whereas before they heard and saw, they might have said, well, we don't even know that we're sinners. And so they were ignorant. But Jesus says, you're not ignorant now because I have performed these miracles among you and I have taught you these things. You are not ignorant anymore. You know the truth. You know what's right. You know what's real. And you are no longer living in your ignorance. They were not honest about their own sin. All the evidence had been presented, presented both in word and deed, in miracles and in teaching. All of it had been presented. They had no excuse in ignorance. They were sinning against a flood of light and did not want to face their sins. Who does? Who does? They would not be honest. They would not say, I know the truth. So that's why the world hates us. They don't want to see their own sin. That's why most people say, just leave me alone. You know, I'm happy the way I am. Oh, really? Why do they hate us so? We've seen it over and over. But back to the original point, the Holy Spirit of God 
lives within us, even in this alien environment, in such a way that we can be encouraged. And we know in, in this side of the cross, we have the precious word of God whereby we might be encouraged and see his word speaking to us every day. As I was saying to someone yesterday, even through the gospel of John, the truth of God's word jumps off the pages to us and for which we ought to be eternally grateful. So in times of proclamation and witness, we need to be ready to stand fast and stand firm in the days of persecution so that we might be ready to give an answer. Oh, my friends, in just a couple of weeks on Wednesday night, I'm going to be starting a class called Bible 101. I encourage you to come to it. Because by the end of that class, it'll take me a while because, you know, I'm slow. But by the end of that class, you'll be ready to give an answer. And in this world of persecution, we at least ought to be able to say, here's what I believe and why I believe it. Well, my friends, we are in an alien environment. It is not a place we belong. But in the midst of these days, the Holy Spirit of God stands with us. Jesus says, listen, whatever you've been through, I've already been there. And I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stand right with you so that you might be the minister and the witness I want you to be. Pray with me. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word, how powerful it is to help us realize and recognize that we do not live in a world that is easy. We do not even live in a world that is open to loving us. But because of these various factors, they are against us against our Lord Jesus. But God, in the midst of these days, may we survive and thrive through the indwelling power of the Counselor, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, who you gave to us as Jesus left this earth. Oh, Father, may we live in his power and in his strength and in the fullness every day. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' precious name. Amen.